1: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight
0: loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello, and welcome to Blizzard Watch Podcast, where we walk blizzard that's what we do we're watching them constantly well not constantly i do do other things right now i'm having a soda uh hi i'm matt rossi i'm your host uh with me this week are two just mythical co-hosts they are like creatures of legend um first up he doesn't
0: like loot boxes alex zebart hi i'm very happy today i'm happy to be here (laughs) hello matt god you almost killed me well uh i i'll take that as you are also having a wonderful day
1: oh my god no <laughs> all right i guess alex is gonna be happy i and... said this what I was gonna do uh, yes you did and stickney is also with us please talk and
2: hi <laughs> oh my god all we're right. not even five minutes in and alex has broken us just by, cheering, by being yeah. cheerful
0: Look, I can be cheerful, all right? (laughs) Don't make me 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 get angry defending being
2: happy. Okay. Oh, God. Okay, calming down. Hmm. Hi. Hi. I've had a good weekend. How about you guys? Oh, it was an
1: interesting weekend, all told, yeah. I did stuff. Oh, um. I had
2: a
0: great weekend.
2: What did you do this weekend, Alex? Um... When you
0: ask me those really hard questions, it's like, "What it's, did you do that it weekend?" Gets harder to be cheerful because, like, I have to think, "What did I do this weekend?" I probably played a lot of WoW and slept a lot, and then got really, really tired during the Overwatch launch stuff, and now I'm here. That's
1: it. Okay. All right then. And what was your weekend
2: like? I know, but tell us anyway. I drove to Utah to go watch Overwatch cinematics on a big screen. My town, actually, my town isn't cool enough to rate a Cinemark theater. So,
1: I am kind of curious about one thing. Um, how do they look at that
2: size? Are they like in good? Amazing, absolutely amazing. It okay. Watching the cinematics on the big screen like that, it immediately struck me like even more so than it has since they introduced these things. Right, that there needs to be an Overwatch movie of some sort. There needs to be some kind of feature even if it's not overwatch they need to do some kind of animated feature film because the quality is there i mean it's just it's there it looked great it looked fantastic
1: well, i mean you know I, I thought from the beginning that there should be a series but i was really curious as to how it would end up looking because i've only been able to watch it on my ipad mostly so that's cool to hear i actually um, made
2: a definitely- suggestion that to the um overwatch twitter account today um For some reason, and I don't know why this is, and you would figure that they would have put something like that in, but they didn't. Maybe they just didn't think about it. You know when you play World of Warcraft and, like, on the login screen there's a thing where you can watch the intro cinematics from every expansion? Mm
0: -hmm. And then when you go
2: into Warlords of Draenor, there's that person in your garrison and you can talk to them and you can watch any of the cinematics that have already, you know, been played Mm -hmm. through? Mm -hmm. They don't have anything like that for Overwatch. Like, when you go into the Overwatch login screen, you can't watch any of the cinematics. So I'm like, I mean, hey, you it, guys, can you, like, throw something in there for that? Because that'd be if great. If you want
0: all of the shorts, like, all the animations included, that would probably artificially inflate the, like, uh, storage requirements significantly. Maybe. I think, I think just those shorts and all the cinematics alone would add a few gigs <laughs> to the whole thing. I don't know. Depending on the resolution you want included.
2: I or don't know. Or
1: possibly make a, a client where you could stream them
2: the other thing that i wanted to see and i added that as a as like a post note cuz the the twitter account responded to me almost immediately thanking me for my feedback which i was like okay maybe you'll take that into consideration cuz that'd be great cuz you made these really cool things and it only makes sense that you'd be able to see them somewhere in game like access them from somewhere in game but um the other thing that i'd like to see is if they'd incorporate the comic reader Into the game, like where you could access the comics and read the comics, particularly for people that are playing on consoles and aren't necessarily sitting next to a PC where they can, you know, they can't alt tab out and go read a comic if they want to or whatever. Why not let them access it through the game that they already paid for?
0: Or maybe at least, at least some kind of splash page that tells them what the latest thing is,
2: like when the comic is released, like a launcher thing. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would, would be, be kind cool. of cool. I mean, so I don't. It's, it's I don't know funny. how consoles work right now. I'm not familiar with them because I haven't they used have,
1: them in so long. They They're at this point where they're almost little multimedia computers.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: They don't. They have a lot of various. Like you can stream from your console. You can
2: like set if up videos have, from it. If they have that kind of online capability, though, where they can stream things or access things that are online, they're, then well, why, why could is... they access the cinematics from someplace else remotely? Yeah.
1: Diablo 3, for instance, which I know because I've got it, is it's always online, Mm -hmm. even on the console. Like, it tells you when it's not. So, yeah, I I don't see any reason you can do that. That kind of, though, that moves us to our usual top stories conversation, which this week is pretty much Overwatch. It launched. Um, It's out.
0: And, And mentioning, you know, the splash page or the launcher with the new comics was kind of funny after I said it because it seems even now some of the things they're releasing are falling through the cracks on their usual social media. Mm -hmm. A Torbjorn comic went out at some point.
2: It went out last night. Mickey Nielsen tweeted it. it.
0: But it's Overwatch. I mean, I haven't looked in the last couple hours, but Overwatch themselves hadn't tweeted it. Uh, It wasn't in the Overwatch news feed on the Overwatch page.
2: It's still not on the launcher.
0: The only reason anybody knew it was there was because Mickey Nielsen tweeted it. And he does. He wrote the thing, but he doesn't even work at Blizzard anymore.
2: Well, and the the funny part is like the launcher for Overwatch. If you go on there, the latest things on there are Mission Statement, which was the Farah comic that came out a little while ago, and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't even put Heroes, not even up there. Well, yes, it is. Never mind. It's in the it's in the main box, but the two side boxes are Dragons and Mission Statement. And you would think that they would have put the Tor- Torbjorn.
0: Yeah, I, I think the Overwatch team. That one guy with the
2: turret, they would have put his comic in there. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I think they've overwhelmed themselves with everything going on around this launch.
2: It seems so, to yeah. be remarkably successful, though. I mean, you know.
1: Yeah. Well, it was from what I understand. Now I'll be completely upfront. I'm not playing Overwatch right now because I don't have the money to buy this game. I I spent my money this month. I'll be buying it next month. Um, but from what I can tell, Overwatch launched fairly smoothly. I didn't hear any major hiccups no one had any monster complaints that i'm aware of
0: the they servers were... went up about 20 minutes late <laughs> yeah. yeah instead of going up at four they went up at four twenty <laughs> uh-huh. but yeah um i i was really ready it's a tradition and kind of a ritual to make fun of blizzard for their bad launches so when they have a completely smooth and successful one it's kind of sad we, we no. can't commiserate we can't like have that bonding experience of cussing out blizzard. It's important to a Blizzard game's launch to have that.
2: I'm just remembering the Diablo 3 launch. Yeah.
1: Oh
0: yeah. That
2: was so much fun. Twitter was just a mess that whole Oh, it was great. Everybody was like everybody was talking about
0: that. One. I loved getting stuck in on a loop in a helicopter in the pandaria That was my favorite. <laughs> that was also comical.
1: Honestly, I'll, the, the launch I'll always remember is Warlords of Draenor, which for some people was fine, and for other people was a nightmare of biblical proportions. So, wasn't
0: there some ridiculousness, like the former they, ad mods of the WoW subreddit privatized the subreddit until Blizzard fixed something, Yeah, they, and then they, he got the subreddit taken away from him?
1: Yeah, he basically made it private until Blizzard got the more servers up, because they had to put up tons more servers. A lot of people came back for it. So, there was a huge surge of people.
0: That's the kind of drama that a Blizzard launch demands. Oh, I'm very sorry. Having having a functional game is so
2: disappointing.
1: I I don't know what to tell you, man. I think (laughs) that functional game is what they're going for,
0: but, you know. Yeah, I know.
2: They would prefer to have everything launch smoothly with no hiccups, but it's really kind of comical when it doesn't. Look, it's And the ha- thing is, is like you could get mad about it or you could be entertained by it. And honestly, I think the entertainment value is a lot better than getting mad about
0: it. It's like when they have a successful game launch, it's like somebody decided to cancel Christmas.
2: <laughs> it's exactly like that. If there are any Blizzard server techs listening to this right now, I want to apologize because we're basically telling you, you should mess up your job a little bit more. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm going to be pointing out that I'm not saying any of this. You know, you, as far as I'm concerned, they can cancel Christmas every time they put out a game. <laughs> you cancel it. You be Grinches, man. You stomp Christmas <laughs> into the ground. Make Alex's life a bleak, sad, dreary place where games work, and no. he has no choice but to play them. I so mean, ah,
0: I'm just going to have to play and enjoy this. I'm not actually upset that the game works. Um, <laughs> I... Have been quite upset in the past when I couldn't play an expansion. I had planned this whole thing. Like, I bought, you know, I, have, I go all in nerd mode once every two years, get my
2: schedule you know, time monsters, off and my, everything. My yeah. Mountain Dew
0: and Cheetos and buckle up, and then the servers are down for 24 hours. Yeah, that sucks. But at the same time, it's kind of fun seeing everybody freak out simultaneously.
1: It shows that we care too much. Too much. Wait, wait, Far too. too much. But, uh, yeah, it launched. It seems very successful. My Twitter feed is literally 95% Overwatch right now. Um, which, again, for for a guy who... I love Overwatch's story. Like, I think it's great. Um, I pore over the character descriptions. I read the comics. I watch the videos. But I have... I only played it in the beta for, like, an hour. And realized, wow, I'm so terrible. What with my not being able to see very well. And moved on.
0: Yeah, I... I theoretically play Overwatch. I, I like the story. I want to see more comics and shorts and, and, and all the extended media stuff. But I know that I'm not the kind of person who can play competitive PvP games, so I go very lightly into the actual game.
1: I, like, I thought it was good in the beta like when I was playing it, but I just was very much very aware that I'm the guy that everyone else should be like, oh, God, when I show up because I'm going to drag you down.
0: Yeah, there, there are people who listen to this podcast who think I'm a very angry person. Um, I'm not really when I'm angry I tend to go silent so if you had if you watched any of the Overwatch streams we had done previously um, it was everybody else talking and me completely silent because I was not going to allow myself to have any outbursts Um, it's the kind of game that makes me mad Uh, competitive PvP makes me really mad and I know there are people who are like oh Overwatch isn't so bad for me it is I get mad so when I play it I play it briefly. When I start getting mad, I get out.
2: See, and I know you keep saying it's like competitive PvP or whatever. I just sort of ignore, like, gloss over the whole competitive aspect. Like, if they do any kind of ranked matches or things like that, I'm not going to have anything to do with that. I'm the person that goes into the game because I want to... Play the game, and it's kind of fun. And I like playing it with people that I know because we're all laughing and having a good time. For,
0: for me, there's something psychological about it. I know there's another human behind that character, and they killed me. They beat me. Oh, and because it's another person, it's personal, and I will take it personally. And I will get so mad at that jerk in Arkansas who shot me. I take it. I get way too upset.
1: Alex, I feel your pain.
2: That's weird. I mean, it's, it's I, I understand it. That's there's probably. Another human that that that's probably an understandable human reaction and i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who feel the same way i just i can't really see myself getting that emotionally invested in it personally see, I, don't
1: get em- I don't get emotionally invested at all what i well at least not that way i just feel really bad for the people on my side i don't i do i feel they can really deal bad with me them. yeah there's that too <laughs> i just especially if they're people i don't know because it's like what if the other group, the other people in here came in here wanting to win and dedicated to go? And I came in like, oh, I'm going to use Reinhardt because he's got a big hammer. Yeah, like use like, your shield, use your shield. Like, whatever. I don't know what I'm doing.
0: What, what if me endlessly failing to secure the easiest kills on McCree is ruining the day of these other people on my team? What if I have caused their enjoyment to just drop? That's a terrible feeling. So yeah, that's me. I just I, I was
2: about. worried about that because that's that's part of the reason why I don't PVP in Wow, right? Because a lot of the PVP in Wow has now gotten like so teamed based that when you're there with a bunch of strangers, it's just kind of a vicious environment. But I never really felt that with Overwatch, and I still don't, particularly if I'm playing with, like, Maticus and Mitch and we're just, like, bantering while we're doing stuff. And the thing is, is, like, there's two different types of people that are playing it. I guess there's the people that are going to play it and take it really seriously and get really mad about things like that. And then there's the people that form a team of six and all play May specifically to build ice walls everywhere and baffle the heck out of the other side for funsies. You know, I mean, it, yeah. it's there's there's different ways to approach the game. I like approaching it with that kind of lighthearted. Okay, well, let's try this dude and see what happens. Oh, I'm real terrible at that. This dude, this is really funny. You know, I don't, I, I don't get too into it like that. I can see where somebody would though, and I could see where that would be upsetting. It's just that's never how I've played it. I don't know.
0: There w- there was this moment in you know, one of our streams where uh, we had almost won a match, and we were at like 99% having captured a control point for the win and mitch is in premature celebration fired his ult into the air as like fireworks and we ended up losing and i was so close to getting genuinely mad and like yelling at him i was like no this is stupid it's a game this is not the kind of relationship i have with this guy and that's just what these kind of games do to me you
2: got mad but me and Madicus. I, I don't know about Maticus. I was laughing my butt off because I thought that was the funniest, stupidest thing he could have
0: done. And if it was a PvE game and those weren't other people we were playing against, I probably would have laughed too. It's just something psychological about it that completely makes me a different person.
1: In other words, what we're learning here is Alex is actually very competitive. But I'm bad
0: at no, but Yeah, but you're still competitive. It's... I'm competitive and also bad, which is a terrible combination.
2: I'm... I would not call myself an expert by any stretch of the imagination. There are heroes that I am okay with, and I definitely know what I'm doing in terms of, oh, if I push this button, this thing will happen. But I'm I'm not what I would call a very good gamer in that aspect. I have moments. I have moments where things turn out pretty cool. And then I have just as many moments where, whoops, I just walked out in the wrong place and died immediately. But it's just... There's something about Overwatch, and maybe it's just the presentation of the game itself. Maybe it's the color palette. Maybe it's just the cartoony characters. I don't know. It all feels so lighthearted that I can't possibly be mad at it.
1: See, I, I found out a very, I think I'm a little bit ashamed of when I played the, the beta. And it's quite simply this. There's one character in Overwatch I'm actually good at playing. Which one? Soldier 76. Okay. Because he is the easiest one to play. Yeah. He's the straight-up easiest one to play. He has a gun. He's got a Healy grenade. Uh, his ult is he shoots and doesn't miss. Yeah. It's just... It, he is the, the bog-standard character that everybody else is more interesting than, but he is the one I can play. Like, everybody else, I screw up horribly. I tried, May. No, you don't want me to have the Frost ability because I don't know what to do with it. Um, Reinhardt I was okay with, but I constantly forgot to put the, the, the shield up. Um, Bastion, I'm literally the worst Bastion player in existence. I love which playing I Bastion,
2: but only because it makes everybody else mad.
1: Yeah, I'm terrible <laughs> at him. I, I, I am the guy playing Bastion that everybody gets free kills on, and is like, but he's unstoppable. And I'm like, yeah, I'm proof he
0: isn't. I had, I had the exact same experience. Where I was like, Bastion seems, everybody says Bastion's really easy. I'm going to play him. And every, and I've tried to play him, and immediately dead by a tracer who got behind me. It's like, just instantly. It's like, Apparently Bastion isn't unstoppable (laughs) because when I play him, he's awful. Yeah, it's I know why
2: he's definitely
1: not unstoppable. I understand why he challenges people. I get what the problem is, but I'm not I'm not. My problem is quite simply that my reflexes aren't that great. Um, That's one of the reasons why Soldier 76 is so cool for me, because once the ult kicks in, I can actually hit things.
2: Reflexes don't necessarily matter at that point. Yeah.
1: And so I basically play him really conservatively until I can get that charged up and then it's go time. So he's, he's workable for me and that's, I kind of, I like him. Like I actually, I've, I said to you the other day on the war watch that I've, I've my estimation of soldier 76 as a character has moved up from when I first heard about him. And Alex and I both were like of the opinion of like, great. He's, he's mid nineties image captain America. That's what we thought he was basically just the kind of is he, He really isn't so much anymore, but I don't want to. We already had that conversation on Lorewatch. but he's very playable. He's just one of the things about this game in terms of his design is they have a whole range of difficulty. Like, if you you want a character that will challenge you, they've got characters that will challenge you, that will make you learn how to play them. You've got, um, I think Genji uh, could be great, but I can't play him. Like, I can't figure Genji out. Mm-hmm. at all. He's so cool, like Techno Ninja, I'm there. I want to, I want to be good at that. But, yeah, I was I, I played enough to realize I could kind of handle Reinhardt, I could do Soldier 76 pretty well, and I'm absolutely rubbish at support. I can't play a support character that save my life, uh, and I think that's a shame, because Mercy is an interesting character that I wanted to be good at, but nope,
2: couldn't do it. Genji's fun when you play him against Bastion, because Bastion's you just hit deflect, and Bastion just pretty much wrecks himself that's that's yeah anyway um yeah there are certain characters that i like better than others like there are characters whose stories i really like but when i get to the gameplay part of it oh i can't play them they're like way too twitch twitchy you know you have to be like super speed reflexes with those and i can't I, i just can't do it
0: Sumetra was the one who really intrigued me when these characters first announced. I just can't figure her out in the game. Like it, it feels like it feels like I'm not doing anything. Like I exist to put a teleporter down and whatever else I do. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> um, yeah, she's a she's one. I, I just can't figure it out. Yeah, but I, I really I... wanted to. I, I wanted her to to be awesome with her. She was like, "Oh, that's the one I'm going to play," but.
1: She's got a cool visual effect that's absolutely the case. The character design is I mean people will talk about it in the future and have talked about it, but um the character design is really interesting because it almost feels like the character design in this game is like a it's a it's the language of the game kind of codified in terms of yeah. the, the way these characters look and move and act because that's how you experience the world through playing against them really. Yeah. Yeah. So, you see, I'm playing next to them for that matter, too. Like, I remember when I was in the beta, like, there was somebody who was playing Tracer, and apparently that person wholeheartedly embraced Tracer in all aspects of Tracer's personality because he or she was all over the place. Um, And that was on my team. So, I I feel like the character design is very strong here. I I find myself wondering, like, how much of this is a holdover from when this was going to be Titan? Because, man, the, the character design seemed really full, fully realized fairly early.
0: And we don't really have much confirmed about Titan. I mean, what, I, what I heard uh, is that Titan was much more close to life than Overwatch is. I don't know if that's true. It's just what I heard. Um, like, close to life as in it would still be standard for people to be wearing blue jeans instead of fighter pilot costumes or whatever they wear in overwatch
2: (laughs) i don't know well i mean people still wear clothes for the sake of wearing you know they (laughs) They still wear clothes they still wear clothes it's not all (laughs) armor all the time is what i mean Alex.
1: (laughs) (laughs) well you know in the original short yeah original short they're wearing jeans and hoodies
2: yeah, if you look at like the animated shorts and things like that, all of the people that aren't Overwatch heroes, they're just wearing like jeans, t-shirts, hoodies, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think
0: blue jeans is probably like the worst example I could have picked because I think people have been wearing jeans since the 1920s.
1: 18, yeah, no, 1800s.
0: Okay, so even longer. So no, they wouldn't be gone by the time of Overwatch. You
1: know, I, one of the things I always thought you always have to worry about in games set in the future is architecture and art design and stuff you don't want to get so like people are tempted to like put everyone in jumpsuits because it's the future but people don't wear jumpsuits like you know it's why would they suddenly decide you know f individual clothing i'm gonna wear jumpsuits
2: Um, let's take this utilitarian thing that's like meant for a specific purpose and turn it into fashion yeah no there's no crossover there
1: so I, I think Overwatch actually does a really good job of that in terms of their maps. Um, I, I I don't know exactly the the one that gets me is the the, the movie studio lot Hollywood. Yeah, that that one just messes with my head because it's full of Blizzard properties. Um, and I find myself like somebody was asking a question about it in the queue. They're like, you know, does it since the you know, Blizzard games exist in the Overwatch world, will they eventually have a hero who's based on like a Blizzard character? And I was like, what, That's... like Mecha Illidan? Yeah,
0: I think somebody kept they kept mentioning that. Um, they wanted an Illidan cosplayer as an Overwatch hero.
1: Yeah, it's I I kind of answered it, but I I don't know my Funny, my answer I guess. To... My answer to it was, no, that's not going to happen. Artanis is going to be in the game, but it's actually Artanis because <laughs> Overwatch Earth is actually the past of StarCraft. So young Artanis will come to Earth and just pretend to be a, a cosplayer. He'll be like, yes, I'm an Artanis cosplayer. Don't mind me. So I thought that would be kind of funny as like Artanis. But they, we now have like at least three Blizzard games that are set on Earth. Um, you've got Blackthorn, which was a place started off on Earth before it went to his home world. Uh, you've got Overwatch and you've got StarCraft. And like, I, I keep finding myself thinking there's got to be a way to. Blackthorn's dead, man. No, I'm never letting it go.
0: Blackthorn's dead.
1: And rock and roll racing, too. By the way, people are going to be asking you questions about rock and roll racing tomorrow. You're welcome. Why have you done this? Because <laughs> <laughs> I am evil.
2: So that people uh, can take amusement and entertainment at your misery. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You walked right into that. All right. Uh, should we keep talking about Overwatch or should we actually get onto some emails?
2: We should get on to some emails, I think. All right. So as is,
1: let me do the intro and then you yeah. can take over. All right. Um, as is usually the case, if you want an email answered, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. dot com. We take emails on anything. If you want to ask a specific question for the other podcast, please put lore watch in it. But otherwise, we'll talk about lore. We'll talk about characters. We'll talk about gameplay for any Blizzard game. It can be any game. Just you throw that in there, and we will be more than happy
2: to talk about it. Ann. Our first email is from a name I can't pronounce. I'm going to say diadema. Maybe? Sure. yeah, Looks right. Enhancement Shaman on Cosmodan US who says, Hello, watchers love the show. So I've been spending a lot of the content drought leveling up an alt with a group of friends who I finally convinced to play with me. It's been a lot of fun, but we pretty much just ran dungeons to level because whenever we tried to quest people would immediately get lost and somehow fall off cliffs or drown or something. Hurting noobs hurting noobs, maybe on par in difficulty with hurting cats. And yes, that does sound familiar, doesn't it? Strangely. Anyway, they say, anyway, we all recently hit 100, and now there are some situations that require individual play, and our Shadow Priest is not adjusting. Always dead, can't get silver on Proving Grounds, etc., and as a result, he's getting very frustrated. He has a free level 100 boost to use, and we want to know what he should boost that might be a little more beginner-friendly. I suggested a hunter, but he seems to want to try melee. I then suggested enhancement, but I might be a little biased. For reference, the rest of our five-man group is a brewmaster monk, me, Resto Shammy, boyfriend, Frostmage, noob number two, and beastmaster hunter, noob number three. Thanks for your suggestions. Hopefully we can find him a class he can enjoy more, although I'm going to miss him shouting orbs every time he gets a shadow orb.
1: Uh, it's me. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say warrior. But the thing is, is I actually mean warrior here for one very simple reason. Warrior doesn't have a lot of really complicated stuff to keep track of. You don't have to worry about your maelstrom procs or holy power or combo points or any of that. The kit is not
2: that complicated. It's,
1: it's pick up it's a rage. weapon,
2: smash yeah. stuff pretty it's, much, right? Ra- it's, yeah, it's just rage.
1: You know, I get it. Spend it. Don't Don't cap out. Uh, And that's you won't have to worry about that unless you're at advanced rating in a dungeon. You don't even really need to watch your rage that much. It's just do attack that generates rage, do attack that spends rage. And uh, so I I really would say Fury Warrior is probably the easiest to pick up and just run with. That being said, Rogue is a really good one if you want to have a lot of tools,
2: I'm actually argue? going to say rogue probably not the best idea specifically because you say he's having problems with silver and proving grounds. And I agree. On um, a rogue, it's a little tricky.
0: I've, I mean, I have had no problems doing any content on my rogue except silver proving grounds took <laughs> took a few tries. Uh, that's surprising. What What is it
1: about silver and proving grounds that may, that hurts for I rogue? I had
0: trouble regularly putting out enough AOE to get past the points where it wants you to AOE.
2: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: The, see, there, yeah, Fury is great for that. Uh, Fury Warrior has That's tons. of... That's what I was going to
2: ask you: is yeah. how oh, yeah. is it with Warriors well, when, getting to silver? Is it easy or?
1: I I blew through silver on both of my the Warriors to 100 in like one or two tries. Uh, tanking was harder than DPS. DPS like the only time I had any trouble is that weird thing where they want you to stand behind the dude and direct the orb into him so you can then you know what I mean? That weird. The amber be, thing? Yeah, the amber thing. That's the only time I had any trouble
2: at Oh, all. I hated that one. But Th- That I mean, one was annoying. The
1: <laughs> thing is, is that as a warrior, you can talent for up to like three big AOEs. Like you'll already have Whirlwind. Then you can talent for Bladestorm and uh, Dragon Roar because they're not on the same tier anymore. And so if you know, okay, we're going to be doing a, the, the Proving Grounds and I'm having trouble with my AOE, you can just talent in two big AOEs and just go to town. Uh, And Fury, in particular, is great AoE. Um, But Arms has solid AoE, too, so it really isn't... Arms can take those same talents, and Arms has, like, Thunderclap and so forth. So, yeah, it's... I'd say Warrior is really not a hard class to pick up. It may not always have the oomph of other classes. Like, you know, you might like the Paladin's visual style better. Like, when they do Divine Storm, it's very, you know, there's flashy lights everywhere. But... In terms of it purely just being an easy class to pick up and not have to worry about, yeah, warriors. Because when you when you get an enraged proc, yeah, great, you do more damage. You don't have to really worry about it. The only time you'll notice is, oh, uh, my my raging blow is now up. I'll hit that now. Yeah, it's is not a complicated class to to learn. It can be complicated to master, but it isn't complicated to learn.
0: I wonder. I mean, if they're otherwise enjoying shadow Priest, I wonder if there are. I don't. I don't know if there are. Honestly, if there are guides to Silver Proving Grounds, or if they can just read up on kind of the thing they need to do, maybe they're missing an essential element, uh, you know, putting how they apply their dots or how they use their AoEs. Maybe there's something they can learn that will get them over this hurdle. Um, I think it it's probably, I mean, unless they're genuinely not enjoying Shadow Priest anymore, it's probably more helpful for them to learn that thing they're not getting and i think they will find that experience more rewarding but if they genuinely don't want to do it anymore then don't do it anymore
1: yeah in <laughs> terms of silver i mean for aoe purposes the for ranged characters from what i understand the the easiest thing to do is to check to see if you've got any kind of talent boost that creates better aoe because um, a lot of people forget to do that
2: the thing about leveling right now you know I know we've mentioned before that leveling feels broken. This is one of those things that kind of feels that way because if you're leveling with a group, you're blowing through things so quickly as a group that you don't really get a handle on how to play from a solo standpoint. Yeah. So, yeah, I would recommend. There are guides out there. I'm sure like Icy Veins or somewhere, they've got you know guides on the silver proving grounds and how to get through them. Um, I'm even going to suggest you talk to Mitch. We yeah. have
1: Mitch on our site, you know, he's active on Twitter. Check out the shadow
2: Freeze columns that we've got on yeah. our website. He does, he does columns every couple of weeks here. But it, it's one of those things where it's like, if he enjoys the class and he enjoyed the feel of the class and he enjoys shouting orbs whenever he gets a shadow orb or whatever, maybe there's just that one thing that he's missing because over the course of leveling with a group that was blowing through content so quickly, he missed one of those spells that's actually really useful from a solo standpoint. You know,
0: if you have a coordinated group blowing through all of content straight up to max level, um, you can theoretically do that pushing one button, but that doesn't fly at max level. You can't push one button.
2: I'm playing a hunter on the leveling stream and I barely comprehend how to play the hunter because most of the time I'm like auto attack and then arcane shot and maybe I can get off a steady shot before the thing dies, but probably not. (laughs) And the rest of it is, like, there's all these cool buttons I have, but I haven't really had an opportunity to use them because stuff dies before I can even, like, try. The group
1: tends to enjoy it when I die tanking
2: because then they can all show off. Yes. Like, that's when they
1: start all having to use their abilities. If I don't die, then things die really fast and they don't have to do anything.
0: That's happened a few times in our streams where we're all a bunch of morons running around with their heads cut off. Then Rossi dies and suddenly the skill comes out. (laughs) So you couldn't use that while I was alive. No, suddenly we pay attention and are using all of our abilities and we're fine.
2: Yeah, we pull it off. I mean, we do pull it off. Eventually. It's just those moments are kind of few and far between because Liz is very good at keeping us all alive.
1: (laughs) There was a period of time. There was a period of time when I was leveling a monk and I finally, I made them let me stop for one reason. I went from like one to 60 on a monk and i think i hit two buttons it was keg, one smash. Of which was keg. keg smash just killed everything like we would gather up groups of 30 mobs and i would be destroying them with keg smash my dps in dungeons was ridiculous i was like above it's like i wasn't just above the group i was above the entire group like if everybody put together was one guy i had twice that dps that's how crazy brewmasters are at a level. They're it not was, broken
2: at this level, but it was pretty ridiculous. Anyway, if he is determined to play a melee class, warrior sounds like it would be a good bet because you know, that's about as melee as you can get. And
1: they're they are fairly simple once you basically grasp the concept. You have a few attacks. Once some generate rage, some spend it. Either arms or fury will work. I prefer fury just in general. Um, arms is a little finicky right now, but they'll both work and it's it's much easier than enhancement has maelstroms to watch um Rhett has a uh, holy power to watch and really it's kind of finicky in terms of what abilities work that you Rose have to have certain- are
2: combo points and kind of twitchy Yeah, you
1: know, so a, a windwalker Wind monk would be the same thing feral druid is never stopped being john madden <laughs> Like, it's years later, and it still requires all sorts of crazy stuff to get it to work right, so.
0: Plus, you have to be a cat, and who wants to do that? Honestly, that was the only part
2: I liked about my Feral Druid. That was why I rolled a druid as my first character, honestly. Well, I wanted to play a rogue initially when when I first, like, way back when I first got the original game, back in vanilla, I wanted to play a rogue. But half the guild wanted to play a rogue, so I, and I came in late. And I was like, but I want to be sneaky and stealth around and stuff. And they were like, you could be a druid and then you could heal us. I'm like, well, that doesn't help. And they're like, well, when you're not healing us, you could be a kitty and the kitty can sneak around. I'm like, oh, okay. All right. Sign me up. (laughs) That's the only reason I played a druid initially. It was like a pseudo rogue.
0: If you could choose a race that was just like a cat, like you were a cat warrior or a cat warlock, I would probably play that. But if I'm picking... A night elf. I would be a night elf, not a cat.
2: Yeah,
1: well, that's you your
0: dumb shapeshifting. Cat anyway. warlock
1: is just already the. I'm just imagining the cat warlock on its back, you know, going, I don't want to fight today. I'm just gonna fell.
2: So, Diadema, I hope that that at least you know kind of answers your question a little and gives them some sort of helpful things to look at. Um, moving on, our next, the next person with the email has two questions, so I figure we just answer them one at a time because they're very different questions. Sure. Okay, uh, so this is from Concerta on Ravencrest who says, Hello, thanks for your show, I listen every week. Two questions today. First one, in a recent developer interview, I believe that they said they wanted each individual monster to take around 15 seconds to kill. Perhaps it's because I mostly play melee, but unless I'm playing on a tank and pull 5 to 10 mobs at a time, 15 seconds is actually a really long time for not a lot of progress. What do you all think about this?
0: Uh- 15 seconds isn't that long. I mean, if we're talking, like, max... I mean, 15 seconds, I think they were aiming more, like, uh, max level. I don't think they want every engagement throughout leveling to be a slog. They just want it to be more than one- and two-shotting things. But at max level, you know, I don't think 15 seconds is that bad.
1: Well, they were talking... The develop interview was when they were talking... uh, It was the one we watched where they talked about leveling and how the leveling is out of whack. And in particular, the reason they were saying it was because right now on leveling and and just made the pace for them and doesn't have to do anything things die so fast she can't you can't learn your character because you never
2: called upon to use any of those abilities <laughs> right click auto attack it's dead oh well yeah. that
1: was real easy <laughs> a f- 15 seconds might
2: be long I'll,
1: I'll concede that you know depending on the situation the, the balance always has to be between damage you put out and damage you can take in a 15 second fight if, if you take more damage than you do, like if you end up half dead at the end of that 15 seconds, then yeah, it's too long because you need it to be shorter so you take less damage.
0: Yeah, th- I think there's there's a lot more to it than fight duration. You know, yeah. If if it's 15 seconds of fighting the most boring mob in the world and you have a quest, quest to kill 100 of them, yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> that's yeah, like it- worst case scenario but if it's 15 seconds of a pretty interesting mob and you don't have to kill too many of them for the quest, I think it's fine.
1: It really does come down to like, there's a lot of variables, but the reason they were talking about the 15 second ideal was because right now you don't, some abilities have are based on the global cooldown. You're always going to have the ability itself has a cooldown. You have a global cooldown. There's a certain amount of time. It takes you to line up abilities. Look at the warlock. Warlocks are a class that has to get dots off. Um, It takes time to apply that dot, you know, even if you're only applying it to one person, you have to apply it. And then there's a global and then you have your attacks that has bumped it up to like three to four seconds. If something dies in two seconds, you I dotted it and then it died.
0: Okay. I had a problem on the warrior or hunter I've been leveling just by myself, who admittedly has heirlooms. So heirlooms are a factor here. Mm-hmm. But, um, I had to train myself not to and what's the beast mastery ability uh that makes your pet attack something
2: what were you... your
0: beast mastery right on your hunter yeah what's the thing that Ultimate? Kill command.
2: Oh, kill command. Yeah. Kill
0: command. I had to train myself to make sure my auto attack or arcane shot hit the mob before I hit kill command. Yeah. Because if I just hit kill command, it would one shot a lot of mobs and I wouldn't get kill credit or loot because it's my pet who killed it by itself and I didn't get a tap.
2: Right. Yeah. I usually, um, when I'm playing on my hunter anyway, um, my pet's on assist. So it doesn't run into attack until after I've shot something. So I always get that initial tap. But yeah, Yeah, early levels, that would be a pain.
0: My instinct would always be to hit kill command as my first combat ability because it's like my hardest hitting thing. So I would open up with my hardest hitting thing and the pet would one shot it and I wouldn't get loot or kill credit. I honestly,
2: I I always forget to hit kill command because the mob is dead before. (laughs) And that's the the reason. That's that's the other thing that I feel like I should note here because I mean, I've been letting you guys talk, but I kind of feel like. Fifteen seconds sounds like a long time and it feels like a long time. But the only reason it feels like a long time is because things die so immediately right now. Things aren't a challenge. Back before Cataclysm came out, right? um, It was like the months leading up to Cataclysm, I I was recommending that people take their max level characters and go through and play through the low level zones just to experience those stories before they went away for good. And the reason that I told them to take their max level characters through was because they could then, you know, mow through everything really quickly and effectively and just concentrate on looking at the story for what it was, seeing the story, right? As of Cataclysm, you don't necessarily need to take a max level character to do that anymore because a character that is at level is mowing through things just as effectively as a max level character would be. And yeah, that it, it seems to be that cataclysm change that kind of set all of that into motion. And it's just been getting worse with every expansion. It feels like
1: heirlooms definitely don't help.
2: No, they don't. But no. even without heirlooms, we're mowing through stuff, you know,
1: Yeah, but, we, they, but we're also playing in a group and that is, that is part of the problem when you, Although right about now, going solo through stuff, you still end up. Killing I still it mow easily. through
2: things, yeah. Solo, I'm mowing through things just as quickly. It's it's kind of ridiculous. But I, I have a level
1: 20. I guess she actually she's level 32 now. I have a level 32 warrior that I play just on and off whenever I'm bored and I want to just go play her and see if the, how the class works. She doesn't use any heirlooms, like not a one. Like she doesn't have heirloom weapons, heirloom gear, and it's purely because I don't care if this character ever gets to max level. Uh, I play her on an afternoon and she's like goes up through like I just said I just realized she's level 32 because that happened like in an afternoon. Uh, She basically wearing using green swords that are like five levels old like these these are not top of the line weapons Um, They're for a level 20 mid to level 20s character. I can kill things in four to six seconds and I'm not I'm I'm not I don't have a stopwatch. I'm just saying it takes me I, I get through a global and things are dead on a character who is not powerful. Like, this is not not Heirlooms, no special weapons. This is your stock level 32 warrior going to going to Stranglethorn. Stuff dies in a global. When stuff dies in a global, what attacks are you using? Like, I'm using Bloodthirst and then Execute. And that's it. Because, yeah, because the second I hit it with Bloodthirst, it gets into Execute range. Execute range is 20% of its life. You, you, you know, it's 15 seconds might be high, but you have to aim somewhere to get to get usable. I'm just saying
2: I'm just saying that 15 seconds it might feel like a long time at first, but I think people will really quickly adjust to the fact that this is the new normal I mean, and be okay with it.
0: Let's say this is vanilla wow mm-hmm. and you're a warlock and you attack things with shadow bolt on a 3 second cast time. 15 seconds is 5 shadow bolts. Is that unreasonable?
2: No, I don't think so. Um, speaking of of this i mean let's move on to the next question but before we do QB in the chat channel just said that kill command now counts as player because of that whole thing that you mentioned alex okay so now you know and that's useful useful information. We're learning things today. So question number two, Concerta asks, Warlords of Draenor has allowed me to build my gold up so high that I'm thinking about starting to collect the expensive things like TCG mounts, etc. However, there are people selling them on my server who trade says are quote unquote duped mounts. I had heard about this problem as far back as cataclysm but i still have no idea if it's true or know anything about it a quick search by me indicates blizzard refutes it has ever happened but it throws a lot of doubt into this where i would be spending my hard-earned gold is there any insights on that um i don't know honestly uh the whole duped mount thing have you guys heard about
1: that it's been a continuous rumor going back to when the tcg was like big deal
0: yeah, I've um, heard about it existing or people doing it. I don't know if it's true. I don't know if it happens.
1: If Blizzard says it doesn't happen, then in my opinion, it's fair game to buy that mount and not worry about it.
2: They would if kind Blizz- of be the authority on that. If they're, you know,
1: it, it's not like you're not doing anything wrong to buy the mount. If Blizzard goes around, is on record saying nope, there's no duping, then you, you know, duping is something that happened a lot in Diablo. And Diablo 2, mind you, where people would find ways to, you know, get things to drop and then have them repeat drop and have them, you know, exist more than once from a one drop and so forth. That supposedly doesn't happen in WoW. And as far as I can tell, it's never been conclusively proven to happen. Um, if you're some guy out there who's duping a lot and snickering at me for not knowing better, then by all means reveal your secrets. But um yeah, as as of right now, if someone's put the TCG mount up and you want to buy it, you've got the gold.
0: You're free and clear to buy it. Can't you know? these things be put on the auction house? Yeah, I don't think can. I've ever bought anything out of trade. If people are advertising it in trade, but it's not on the auction house, I don't want it.
2: Yeah, I just buy the stuff directly off the auction house. If I'm looking for mounts and things like that, I don't I don't work with people like that. Yeah, and there's no reason, you know, if if
1: they've got it, they should be putting it on the AH at this point. There's no reason not to.
2: Yeah. Um, unless they're trying to pull one over on you. So um, if you're looking for mounts and things like that, look at the auction house. There's usually a selection of the TCG mounts on there. I haven't bought all of them because they do still cost quite the chunk of gold and I'm still amassing gold. I suppose I could be spending it on these.
0: I mean, yeah. Give, given the auction house exists, my default assumption when somebody's advertising is in trade is there's funny business. There, Maybe there's there something isn't. going on there. <laughs> Maybe All of them, or the vast majority of them, are completely honest and just don't want to deal with the auction house. But the auction house exists. If they want to sell me something, put it there. I'll buy it off off the legitimate market in the game.
2: Yeah. So our next email is from Barren Altorin from Lothar US who says, My dearest meteorological observers, last week on the podcast there was another question about adding classes to the game and whether the question comes and whenever the question comes up, someone inevitably mentions the bard. You all quite rightly objected to a bard class. Okay, I'm gonna interject here and say that I didn't object to the bard class. I thought it was a really cool idea. I just don't see how they could incorporate it into the game. Moving on. He says you rightly objected to the bard class and any other purely buff based class on the basis that it would be impossible to play solo. But I have an idea that I think is worth considering. What if Bard was a profession? Specifically, what if it was a secondary profession that anyone could learn? You're going into a raid, have one of the hunters switch to Bard, her buffs to the other players will easily make up for the missing DPS, and it becomes another role that any class can take, almost like a fourth spec. The same thing could even more easily be done with a tinker class make a couple of tweaks to engineering and poof there's your tinker class all you would have to do is make say a wrench that you equip as your weapon quote unquote that enables all of the tinker abilities the same could be done for a bard profession buff spec but with instruments the possibilities are endless want more healers in the game revamp first aid to be a not super optimized but still playable healing spec quote unquote that you activate by holding a med kit shazam mage healing what do you think would you play one of those if it were an add-on to the class you already enjoy thanks for reading El Torin. never
0: hey hey Anne. in this imaginary raid group we're both part of mm-hmm. um we're, we're down a to healer tonight uh you're not allowed to play your rogue i need you to apply ointments and bandages to people so yeah. please switch to your profession do
2: do i get to do i get to choose who lives and who dies
0: um not if you want to participate in the raid
2: oh well that's no fun
0: so I think that's my answer.
2: I think that kind of answered the question.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm kind of with the default assuming all raid leaders are jerks, and I know that's not the case. Uh, no. If a raid leader's a jerk, find a new raid.
1: But you know, also if your raid leader doesn't make choices like that, sometimes it'll just be okay. We're down a healer, guys. I'm sorry. I gotta call it. No one's we're we're here. We've got the ten people, but we've only got two healers. I'm real sorry, and that's the raid ends. Sometimes raid. It's not that. Even a good ray leader sometimes has to make choices like, Okay, look, we wanna go. Can can you play your druid? They have to make they have to ask you the question. Yeah. In terms of this, like I was with you until it overwrote a class. Like, if Bard was a spe- was a profession that anyone could do and it was just a profession, like not suddenly you become a bard. It's sort of like, like, you like you those
2: to- leather working drums that you used to be able yeah. to make.
1: Yeah. Like, if your character could drop a harp or something, and, you know, it would play like, soothing music and buff people. Deploy
2: a... the harp! <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> this, this is a, it's actually close to something that I, I think Lizard used to do and backed away from. They um, uh, Personally, I enjoyed needing to use my trade skills to bring stuff to raids, but uh, apparently was... a lot of people found it very tedious.
1: Well, um, this is is something that has been brought up a few times. It's the siren call we always hear from progression raiding, where they're like, "We feel obligated to do it.
2: If it's here, we have to use it."
1: That's why we, you know, if PVP gear is as good as PVE gear, we'll have to grind it. You know, and it's one of those situations where I used to be real sympathetic to this idea because I was a progression raider, and I understood that people felt forced to
2: do things. Absolutely, Um, it was like when you, you know. Depending on the expansion or the raid that you were going into, you wanted your raiders to have specific professions Mm -hmm. so that, you know, you could take advantage of all of the different things. Like you wanted to have the leather workers so you had the drums at your disposal and you wanted to have, you know, jewel crafters so that you had like all this others. Everybody had to be something. Yeah. Somebody had to get the feasts
1: together. So there was always some guy who kept his fishing up to date and got everything cooked.
0: Yeah, and my my personal favorite thing is cuz I had herbalism in Burning Crusade, I loved being the guy that went and got the nightmare seeds for our main tank. Yep. I loved and, doing that. Like I'm not the main tank, I'm not a tank at all, but I can help the tank and therefore help the entire raid by gathering these nightmare seeds with herbalism.
1: And you know, and I like I said I'm sympathetic to the mindset cuz I was the guy who went out and basically got myself full epic gems in BC so that I could tank kale and get my group past and into you know hygel and black temple because um, back then you had to beat them you had to beat kale and Josh to to get into those raids it's a whole too.
2: prerequisite and thing
1: so i mean I, I i worked like an animal to get my health up as high as it would go like you know because that was what you did you you and i understand all that but the argument starts it starts watering down the game if you take out everything just because people feel obligated to do it then you don't have anything Like, yeah, you felt obligated to do it, but you're always going to feel obligated to do something. If we take out everything you feel obligated to do, you'll still feel obligated to find an edge and exploit it because you have to. If there
2: is something out there that makes you even the slightest bit better, people that are on that bleeding edge of progression will feel like they have to go do that because their performance has to be the best of the best of the best. So they're always yeah. going to feel obligated to do that.
1: And it's it's not even like world first guilds we're talking about, it's server first guilds we're talking about. Yeah. If you are in a guild that is, you know, middle of the road in terms of progression but is the most progressed guild on your server, you are going to feel that pressure. I honestly feel like it's a mistake to back away too much from these cool interesting things that make professions distinct and unique and take them away because people feel like they have to do them. Now nobody can do them. And now you just lost it. That's all. You didn't gain anything from this. You just lost something. That now, flavor's I mean, gone. If you look at like um, right now on the on the uh, on the beta, uh, there's ins- inscription is a dead profession. Basically, yeah, because yeah. glyphs are like gone. Yeah, there's one thing you get. Uh, you make that item that will allow. And I don't, that's not even implemented yet, right? The item that will allow you to switch, you know, your talents at any time.
0: Inscription. No, that's. Uh, I don't think that's in. But I haven't checked in the latest build. Yeah. But it, there's still some things that Inscription makes, but it's just, compared to what Inscription was, I don't know why you would be a Scribe anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't have the shoulder enchants anymore, do they?
2: Are those even a thing anymore at all? I don't think so. And no, they used, Alex, they I really want you ones. to like get into that on on the beta and... See what they've done with it. See if it's implemented and what they've done with it. Because I'm curious what that profession looks like now that glyphs are gone. Because glyphs were like, that was the backbone of the class. So yeah. what are the backbone of the profession, not the class? I'm sorry, yeah. I'm getting these mixed up. Anyway, it was the backbone of the entire profession. It'd be like taking jewel crafting and going, yeah, we're not going to allow you to make gems anymore. And they already kind of half did that in Warlords of Draenor when they decided to make sockets something that just sort of maybe showed up as a bonus thing instead of being on pieces of gear. So you it kind of like
0: why you're a jewel crafter in Warlords. What? Do you know why you would be a jewel crafter in Warlords? I am a jewel
2: crafter in Warlords, and I don't know why I am one. It's the daily quest. You get, like, 200 free gold. Yeah, that that part is pretty handy, admittedly. But it's like, what does that have to do with the profession? (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like, I cut a rock and hand it to somebody, and they give me 200 gold. Well, that's great for my bank account. But as far as the profession itself is concerned, why? Why is this i don't even prospect ore yeah. in warlords like you, you don't even do that much with it now i know that they've changed it in legion and you will be able to prospect ore again i haven't played with it much at all because i've been busy looking into herbalism and stuff with that because i love yarns goggle and want to pick it at every opportunity but that's besides the point what i'm wondering is what does inscription look like now that they've gutted the glyph system like What is it now? What kind of beast is it now? What purpose does it have? Do they just make the cosmetic books that people are supposed to
0: get? There are certain cosmetic glyphs that still exist. Um, You can only apply one at a time to a spell, but most spells that have glyphs at all only have one cosmetic option, so it's irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Um, But there aren't very many at all. And others, like, in glyphs that gave brand new abilities... For example, hunters having fetch with a glyph that lets their pet loot for them. Yeah. Scribes don't make that anymore. It's a book you buy. Yeah. So
1: that's... That's so weird. (laughs) So to, to answer this question in terms of like, what would it be cool? I think it would be cool if we got more secondary professions that did cool things like, you know, drop a musical item that off the group you, you know but why in terms of switching my class no i would not like
0: that yeah i don't want to switch classes but do you know why i really love the idea of bard as a profession because i want to see people busking in the cities in wow <laughs> i want to see some like crappy musician players just like on a corner in stormwind playing their stupid music and just having that in Azeroth. that would be awesome
2: i'd be all for that actually the more i think about it the more i think that would be kind of fun
1: actually my my all torn death metal band would would soon be a thing i would totally do that
2: well and if you go into the we would play baby metal songs if you if you go into the rogue class hall right now and you go down to where the uncrowned are in their little base underground there's a dwarf in the corner that's like playing music and he's just there playing music like he yeah. has no purpose. He doesn't have any quests or anything. He's just pl- there playing music. That, it would be cool to see that all over the... Only they're players instead of just random NPCs. Yeah,
0: just begging for tips. <laughs> and you just kind of sneer at them and keep walking to the auction house.
2: Maybe you throw them a glyph.
0: Yeah, throw them a burned glyph.
2: Because they're not worth anything else. That's the, that's
0: the insult to injury when they remove glyphs from oh. inscription. Is you open your bank and it's just full of burned glyph items. It's like this was worth something once, <laughs> not anymore.
2: This is all that remains of my rich legacy. That's yeah. it.
0: So I'm gonna open my scribes bank the day the legion patch goes live, and it's just gonna be ashes.
2: Oh, that's so sad. Hopefully,
1: you can, at least, hopefully you can at least vendor them.
2: I just, I, I want to see, I want to see what inscription has become, and whether it's anything even remotely resembling what jewel crafting has become um as of warlords because jewel crafting is just like it's an echo of what it used to be between between the whole you don't prospect the ore anymore you just like take herbs and ore to some dude who gives you these things that you can then make like things out of and the fact that sockets are no longer on gear they're just like a random upgrade thing that maybe you sometimes get jewel crafting doesn't even resemble what it used to be it's really weird now, and i and I'm wondering if inscription got that same treatment or what, and why did they do that? Why are they doing this? It doesn't make the profession more I th- interesting. I think
0: they want to to remove those things that feel obligatory, like you hit level one hundred, you have to get your glyphs you I guess have to get your gems and they've been backing away from things like that, and on one hand, I understand on the other, I mean. If you're gonna do that, you just—I think you have to just remove the professions.
2: I also think it's kind of telling that they've done this to jewel crafting and inscription, and those are the two new professions that they added. Because they Indeed, added them yeah.
0: specifically for this character customization. They created professions to let you customize things, but they're World of Warcraft players. World of Warcraft players aren't going to customize. They're going to go online. unless it's transmog. Right. They're going to go online <laughs> and find which things are the best. And they're going to look at the auction house and look because everybody wants the exact same one. The best ones cost
2: 10,000 gold. It's, yeah, it's yeah. just kind of ridiculous. Anyway, um, I think that was all the emails we have time for honestly so um blizzard watch it's made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash and your continued support means that this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow blizzard watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast a better chance at having your question answered on our podcasts or the queue and an ads free site experience Thank you, Anne. Uh, Thanks to
1: everyone else for listening. If you have an email, again, please send it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com. We love getting them, and it's pretty much what we do here on the show is read them and talk about them, as you just witnessed. So that would be great. We would really appreciate it. Uh, Thank you everyone for listening. We will see you next week.